Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, all you road to growth listeners. Today we have Terry and we're on a little roll right now. We have a, we've had a lot of coaches recently. I think the last three interviews we've done a podcast, it's been coaches. So, and this is a question I've been asking more and more frequently. What separates you from other coaches? Well, what separates me from other coaches is that I did the job that many of the people that I coach now do. So I worked in the corporate world for 30 years. I've been through many, many challenges that people that I work with are facing. And so not only can I help them find their truth, but a lot of times I can, you know, advise them on things that I've seen or give them some context for how things really work in the corporate world. Has it changed over time? I mean, when you got into the corporate world, it seems like, and maybe it's just me from the outside looking in before I got on the podcast, started doing that. It seemed like it was more mentors than coaches, or if there were coaches out there, there was only select few of a couple companies and things like that. And it seems like there's more opportunities to find the right fit because there are more coaches out there. I think there are a lot more coaches out there. Um, the International Coach Federation, I think, was founded in the 90s. You know, I got my start in the 80s. And I, at one point in the early 2000s, hired a coach. And I remember, you know, running up against this this challenge at work that I really didn't know what to, to do about. And I, I remember, like, kind of scratching my head and saying, I think there's some something out there called like a career coach or something. <laughs> and I, uh, this was actually before Google. So I went out to Yahoo and I, I searched and I found somebody that did coaching in my town and, and she helped me tremendously. But yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a growing industry. You're seeing a lot more people doing it in, in the past, you know, people would be like, what, what do you coach soccer? <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll we'll get into your journey. I know you've also uh, written a book, um, and it's about the transition of kind of getting out of, I guess, corporate world and starting your own business. Is that kind of like the gist of it? No, it's actually about the oh. the book's called Winning the Game of Work, and it's really yeah. about how to be successful in a corporate environment. Because okay. uh, you know, I learned a lot of lessons along the way that uh, many of them I had to learn the hard way by, you know, falling on my face, school of hard knocks, that kind of thing, and part of my motivation for being a coach is to help other people have a smoother journey to success, whatever that means for them in their career. And uh, writing the book was about sharing a lot of the lessons that I learned. And also um, I interviewed a lot of people and kind of giving a, a view into what it takes to, to move up uh, within your career. For, for yourself, I, did you always know you want to be in the corporate world and kind of walk us through your journey? Um, well, I grew up in a, like more of a blue collar family. I was the first person in my family to go to college and I knew that I wanted to, you know, parlay. I was good at school. I wanted to parlay my intelligence and work ethic into being able to make a lot of money. <laughs> and my, um, you know, I thought, well, the best way to do that is to be successful in a, a business. Um, at that time, I didn't have any great idea to be an entrepreneur or anything like that. So I thought um, I'd like to get into the workplace and just rise within that. Um, initially, um, my 
my ambition was to be a chief marketing officer. And I never did get to the top, top position, but I did get to the top position, you know, within a very large organization for like a division. And um, so, I mean, it, it worked for me. I mean, I, I was successful within that environment and it, you know, it was comfortable, it made it comfortable for my family. Um, but as time went on, I just realized that I felt like the price that I was paying for that success on many fronts was dissatisfying. <laughs> I wanted to find something that was a little more aligned with my natural, you know, strengths and, and desires of how I wanted to use my talents. What, uh, when you say basically what you're paying, was it, was it time? Was it, what, what does, what does that mean to you? You know, what it meant to me was that I, um, well, I actually talk about this a lot that I feel like when you can spend maybe about 70% of your time at work, working on things that you get satisfaction out of, you can tolerate maybe that other 30% where you have to deal with the BS and the bureaucracy and the politics and all that kind of thing. And in uh, the last role that I was in, I'd say like probably the last two or three years, I felt like that balance was shifting, that I was spending less and less of uh, my time and energy on things that I got enjoyment out of, that I felt like, you know, I could really use my talents and strengths and creativity to, to feel good about what I was doing. And I was spending a lot more time, you know, putting energy into, you know, just like the permission to do my job, right? Like just, uh, dealing with bureaucracy and that kind of thing. And, and I felt like there was, there was like sort of a lack of alignment between what I was naturally good at and what I really liked to do and the ability or the opportunities that I had within that job to do it. You know, so it was just sort of, maybe in some ways we were growing apart, if you, if you will, um, to the point where I had to divorce my job. <laughs> do, you, do you think there is something your company could have done to keep you there and to be a lifer there? Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, and um, it's funny because there were some things that I had really been advocating for a long time about the way that uh, I, I was head of marketing for one of the businesses. And I had been talking for a long time about the fact that I felt like the way that they had the marketing department structured was inefficient and that, you know, I kept kind of running into these these brick walls all around me. And I really thought that a lot of it was because of the way it was structured. And I brought it up numerous times over the course of a couple of years. And of course, about six months after I left, they, they made the organizational change that, that I had been recommending. Um, but I also am sort of, you know, somewhat a believer in things happen for a reason, right? And in some ways, maybe it was good that they didn't make that change until after I left because I like the road that I'm on now. And it's scary to leave. I had worked for that company for 12 years. It's scary to leave the devil, you know. Well, and how was that transition like? So you said you're working there, that you're getting frustrated. And I know you had a coach too, right? You, you were at least talking to someone previously. Well, um, I, I actually wasn't working with, with a coach at that time. Okay. I had hired coaches. I'd probably hired a coach maybe about 15 years before that. And then I had worked with somebody um, maybe a couple of years before I ended up leaving. And, and actually part of the 
part of the motivation for uh, working with a coach, you know, in that more recently was, I just didn't quite feel like there was good alignment, you know, and uh, not sure that, that that coach helped me in the moment, but I think it was just all part of the process to lead me to where I finally decided to leave that organization. So you reached the line. So it seems like that coach was kind of almost, they couldn't help you be happy with the corporation that you're at. And so you kind of, kind of self-realized that you had to find something, something else that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it, it was, it's, it's funny too, because like, when you work for so long in corporate, you know, there's different seasons, you know, and I definitely had had times in the 30 years I was working corporate where I would say, you know, and I'd worked for uh, one company for close to 10 years and then that last company for 12 years. And, um, you know, when you work for a company for such a long time, you know, there are times when you're kind of like, eh, you know, like, do I like what I'm doing? You know, is, is this the right place for me? Or, you know, maybe you're going through a really stressful time. You know, I've been through, I've worked in companies where they've had multiple mergers and restructurings and all kinds of stuff where it's not comfortable and you just question yourself. But then you round a corner and you're like, oh, look at this great project I'm doing. Or maybe you move into a new position and all of a sudden you fall back in love with what you're doing, right? And sometimes it's hard to know whether I just did a dip in the road and I can't see, you know, bright skies ahead, or is this just, you know, not a good fit anymore? And it took me a while, you know, I mean, um, it, the funny thing about that last role that I had at the last company was that the job I was in was not one that I wanted. And my boss came to me and she said, I really want you to take this job. And I said, I really don't want that job. <laughs> and she's like, I really want you to have this job. And, you know, sometimes you just have to say, okay, I'm going to give it the old, you know, college try. And, and I did. And for a number of reasons, you know, part of what I talked about earlier, that it wasn't where that sat in the organization wasn't structured properly, which just caused a lot of sort of internal issues that, you know, instead of me focusing on doing great marketing, I was having to go out and negotiate and, you know, try to get resources and, you know, just there was an alignment with other people in the organization that I could work more closely with. Um, so anyway, I, I kind of had a sense it wasn't going to be a good fit and it wasn't. So once you're, you're realizing it's not a good fit, how do you come to the, the realization that you wanted to, uh, be a coach? Well, you know, I was, I was um, kind of, actually, I was interviewing at other companies. And I actually had some interviews for some good, uh, actually, next step up marketing roles at other organizations. And, you know, part of me would get excited about like, oh, you know, that could be, I'd have like even more influence in the organization, it's more money, a higher title, all this kind of stuff, I'd get excited. But then there was like always a little bit of a knot in my stomach. Like, I think part of me knew that that just wasn't my journey anymore. You know, marketing just wasn't my journey anymore. And um, I was doing a lot of networking and I met somebody who had been a, a PR professional and she had made the transition into coaching. And so much about her story was really similar to mine. You know, really had loved her career, but kind of got burnout. And found this coaching coaching training program 
and she really loved what she was doing. Um, and so that made me think like, okay, I know what coaching's about because I've, I've worked with coaches. And I also had always done a lot of coaching and mentoring as a marketing leader. I mean, to me, it just made sense. And I, I also um, recognized that there were a lot of my peers that were not investing as much in their uh, direct reports, right? Like they were just always managing up and not necessarily, um, you know, manage and like actively managing the people under them and, and uh, you know, working on developing them. And I, uh, it paid a lot of dividends for me. Like I had, I always had really good uh, employee engagement scores. My teams were really high performing. I felt good about that investment. And I also got feedback from people that I was good at it. So, and I loved it. So, you know, to me, I guess when I met that woman who had made the transition, I thought, hmm, <laughs> little light bulb went off. And I thought, you know what? I think this, and, and also as an executive coach, you can make good money doing it, right? Because it, you can serve as a catalyst for business, right? To help them unlock the potential that a lot of times is trapped in teams or in leaders or in, you know, good uh, employees, right? Because, it, you know, if there's conflict, if there's friction within organizations, that means that energy is going towards that or it's being wasted there rather than when you can help people have, you know, more effective communications or help them learn to delegate or build systems to take the weight off of the shoulders of somebody that really needs to be focused on more strategic um, initiatives. And then the business is going to see uh, a positive impact, you know, in terms of being able to, to have more sales calls, to close more business, to identify those, you know, cost saving opportunities, you know, whatever it is, just to become more profitable. Um, well, going back to, to yours and, and your, your journey and your transition, when, so you get the idea uh, talking to this person about the idea of being a coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Being a coach, I'm assuming you started out with commission based. There's no kind of structure of getting paid, anything like that, correct? Yeah. And, the, you know, I went through a, a training program, which was um, six months long. It was a combination of in-person and online uh, training. And as part of that, um, you know, we had to start coaching people for free, right? And so that was, you know, going from like practicing in the course to, you know, reaching out to people to say, hey, I'm looking for guinea pigs to, <laughs> you know, do, do you have any, uh, you know, issues or challenges that you're facing that you could use somebody to help you with? So that's, that's how I started. And then, um, you know, the funny thing was my first, uh, my first paid client was actually an investment banker and I had, I had done marketing for investment banking. So I understood the business and um, a friend that I had uh, worked with, he knew this guy and he knew this guy was facing some, some challenges, both from a professional and personal standpoint. And, um, you know, he told, he told this guy about me and we ended up meeting and he was my first client. How was that? Uh um, that first prospecting session, that first uh, mm -hmm. meeting with them, trying to sell them on the idea of, of being your client? Well, it's, you know, it's not really a lot of, you know, selling. It's really a lot of 
uh, asking a lot of questions to get an understanding of what the issues are. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I, I did not really realize for a long time how much coaching had in common with what I did as a marketer. Uh, as a marketer, you know, especially when I was leading marketing, my job was to understand the problems or issues or challenges that the businesses that I did marketing for had. So I was meeting with senior executives and, um, you know, heads of sales to understand, okay, what are the challenges that you're facing, right? Like, I want to really understand that at a deep level. And then I would, you know, go back with, um, with my team and we would formulate strategies on how to address those issues. And that's the same thing that we do in coaching, right? Like you have to understand what's the issue here. Um, and also I think being a, a creative person, um, you know, understanding, you know, starting to envision like, okay, well, what, what might have to be different to get a different result? Um, and I mean, the beauty of coaching is that I'm dealing with the expert, which is that person. <laughs> Right. They're an expert on themselves. And a lot of times they're so close to whatever their issue is that they don't see that there are any options. And my my job is really to help them step back or to hold a mirror up to them so that they can really see themselves in the context of what's going on around them. And, you know, together we start to sort of co-create what, you know, what the strategy might be to get past this obstacle. And, you know, I use this. Um, I use this analogy sometimes that, you know, somebody like, you know, they're on their path, they're walking along doing their thing and they run into this big boulder, right? And, and they'll just keep like stepping back and trying to push the boulder out of the way. And they, they expend a lot of energy doing that. And what I try to help them do is say, let's step back even more and let's look at the big picture here because like maybe like over to the right, there's a ladder that you can climb up over the boulder or over to the left, there's actually a path that they can take around it. So, you know, my job is to help them, you know, envision what's a, something different that you can do to get a different result or to get past what this, this issue is. And, you know, I, I think I've got the advantage of, you know, first of all, having seen a lot of stuff, having, you know, worked in these big complex organizations and, and having seen the patterns of, you know, just human behavior. Um, and then also when you coach a lot of different people, you know, I see a lot of, a lot of similar patterns in high achieving people. You know, a lot of times they, you know, they've gotten to where they are because they've been strong individual contributors. And sometimes it can be really difficult when people move from an individual contributor to a manager or from a manager to the next level leader for them to see all of the opportunities to leverage the resources they've been given. Like, for example, a lot of people don't know how to effectively delegate work. And so, you know, they, they'll be work when they get promoted, they're working these ridiculously long hours and you know, they're dissatisfied because they're like, okay, I got the raise and I got the title, but man, I'm working twice as much as I used to. And it doesn't have to be like that. In fact, um, you know, when you're given that level of responsibility, it actually could be more freeing. You know, even though you have more responsibilities, it could be more freeing because you actually, um, you know, pull the strings on you know, you can envision like, okay, well, how, how do I want to structure things? Could I build better processes that are more efficient? 
you know, could I, um, you know, re-engineer processes? Because a lot of times in organizations, like we just, you might step into a role and you're just going to do it the same way the last person did it. And then if you really dig into some of the processes, you realize like, oh, well, this report that I've been giving to my boss every week because my predecessor did this, my boss doesn't even know why I'm sending it to them and they never read it. So, you know, you can kind of like go back and re-examine like, is this still needed? You know, could, could I do more with the amount of, you know, resources that I have? Well, there's, there's a saying in real estate that it's easy, it's harder to get from a couple units a year to a couple hundred units a year because all you're doing, you already have the systems in place and now you're just tweaking the different systems mm -hmm. instead of putting it all on your shoulders. So it definitely can make sense with uh, as growing up the ranks. The, yeah. the with um, how do you, I, I guess, protect your, your client and yourself from not bringing kind of the, some of the, I guess, when we're told stories, right? And we're told ideas of what's happening in their work. And then we try to correlate it to our, our past and our mm -hmm. corporate and going, oh my gosh, I was taken advantage in this situation. I'm assuming yeah. that they're probably taking advantage in this situation and you jump too fast. Is, is that ever the case or how do you pull yourself back from not doing that's, that? That's where the coach training uh, comes into to play for sure. Because, you know, one of the things that they taught us in training is don't get caught up in their story, right? Because it's not about like, you know, how do you come up with a zippy comeback for the guy that puts you down in the meeting or whatever? It's not about that. It's it's really about getting curious about what's at the root of why this matters to them, right? Because that's what it's about. It's about their perception of what's going on around them. It's not like what's happening on the surface. It's really about, you know, what are your thoughts? What are your beliefs about this, right? And if you change your belief, are you going to see this situation differently? Or are you going to see more options for how you can show up? Because the reality is that you cannot change other people. Mm. You can't. You can show up differently. And sometimes if you show up differently, they'll show up differently. And that's, that's really what, what coaching is about. And, you know, sometimes also, you know, what's that serenity prayer? I always, it's sort of like, you know, understand the things you can change, uh, understand what you can't change and definitely uh, and and have the wisdom to know the difference right and I've definitely worked with people where you know they work in a really toxic environment and we talk about okay how can you show up different differently or what can you do differently or what options do you have and at the end of the day they might just realize like no matter what I do this is still going to be a bad situation so maybe it's time to leave Right. And that's OK. Right. Like I, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm just somebody that helps them get clarity um, so that they can decide on what their goals are. And together we can kind of come up with a, uh, a roadmap of how to get there. We can un I, we can un uh, sorry, we can identify skill gaps that they might have and work on that. Um, but what's really critical is that they shift their mindset to believe that, you know, if they've got a goal, to believe that that goal is possible. Because a lot of times we'll protect ourselves by saying, well, you know, here's all the reasons why I probably can't have that. How long do you usually give it at a company to know if it's the right fit or not the right fit? Is there a certain time or is it just- um, 
it, that that's uh, completely personal to each person, right? And sometimes people will ask me things like that. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm not in a position to know because, you know, people have different values. Some, pe some people like stability or a short commute is high on their list of what's important to them about a job. Other people, it's like they want variety or they want unlimited ability to, you know, um, earn, right? And so I can't, you know, I can't say what one person could tolerate or what one person could enjoy, um, but I can help them get clarity for themselves on that. And, you know, sometimes point out, I mean, I, I see a lot of times people are, they're putting up with a lot of BS, you know, and sometimes they don't recognize that that's not normal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and again, I don't come in and say, well, that's BS. I just say, well, it sounds like, you know, where they may be using words that, you know, sound like they feel like they're being used or manipulated. And so I might say, well, it sounds to me like you feel like you're being manipulated. Is that true? And they'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I had that feeling, but I couldn't put a word on it. And, you know, once they get clarity around maybe what's going on, then they start thinking, what do I want to do about this? Mm. With uh, building your business and putting your book together and kind of that transition, or, mm -hmm. or even maybe it was before that, what do you think have been some of the bigger hurdles you've had to kind of deal with? Well, you know, it's definitely, I, I would say like, there have been a number of ones. Um, I think that for years, you know, I was talking about the, this two or three years at the, at my corporate job and not being happy. I think in the back of my mind, I, I think about this analogy all the time that I felt like I was in like a, a skydiving plane and that the, the door was open and I kept looking out and feeling like I really want to jump. I really want to jump. But I was, I was afraid. I was so afraid because I felt like, oh, if I jump, I'm just going to go splat on the tarmac and that'll be the end of me. Um, so I think just taking that initial leap was scary. Um, but I, I feel like I'm still up there doing, you know, somersaults and cartwheels and, you know, in the air and I haven't even pulled the chute, right? It's just, it's fun. There's a lot of freedom once you go out on your own. It, it's scary, but it's fun. Um, and you have a lot more control. Um, but I also would say that that wasn't, um, that was actually a gradual realization also, because I actually did leave my job. I mean, I was in a position where I could just leave my job and say, I'm going to go and do this, um, this training. And, but I still thought, okay, I'm going to like kind of detox from that job. I'm going to get this training. I'll do a little marketing consulting to make some money and then I'll get another job. That's really what I thought at first. But when I was going through the training and I was surrounded by all these entrepreneurial minded people, I just finally said, okay, I, I think I can do this. I mean, I got a family, my, you know, at the time my oldest son was in college and, you know, so I think that there was a lot of fear that was holding me back in terms of like taking a bet, a full bet on myself. Um, but, you know, you figure it out, you figure it out along the way. And I think that the hardest thing is actually just taking that first step because there's so much, and I, I've said this about a lot of things in my life, but I remind my clients about it too, because I did something similar when I was in my late 20s. I 
I was sort of unhappy with my job and I just decided very uh, spur of the moment to quit my job and go back to business school full time. And I didn't even know how I was going to pay for it, you know, but what I've discovered is like once you put your foot on the path and you start walking on that path, you'll get around the corner and you'll get a better view of how you're going to continue the, the journey. And I would say that that's the same thing it's been with, with my uh, coaching business. Right. You just got to get out there and start doing it. So using that analogy, right, you're walking, you're walking down the path. You're about to make a left. You're still kind of looking back, you know, thinking to me, you might go to the corporate world. When do you stop looking back and saying, I'm not going to the corporate world. This is a path I'm going and I'm going full steam ahead. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember what allowed you to do that? Um, I. I don't know that I think, again, it was sort of a gradual thing. And I will also tell you, like, I still get, you know, alerts in my email for jobs um, and I'll I'll look at them. I've sent my <laughs> resume in for some of them. I'm not going to say that, you know, sometimes I haven't been like, oh, wouldn't it be nice just to get that direct deposit? Right. Because that direct <laughs> deposit's nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe thankfully the universe is like, no, nope, that's not going to that's not your path. Um, but, you know, just the more that I've done it and, and also I'm getting to the point now after, you know, having been doing this for four years that I'm getting repeat customers, I'm getting referrals, right? Like when you get to a point where you're like, hey, this thing is like, it's got a life of its own. That's a good feeling, you know, that, that it's not like pushing that boulder up the hill that, you know, if, if you let off for like one second, it's going to roll back over you. Like once you kind of get it going, it has a bit of a momentum of its own and that, that feels really good. And I, I will, you know, now look back over things that, you know, in the beginning I did like more work on get my website set up than I was doing coaching. Cause I didn't have a lot of clients in the beginning. I was doing, you know, spending time writing my book because I didn't have, well, I remember actually the last little push to finish editing the book was like December of 2019. And, you know, December during the holidays, typically not a like busy time for coaching because people are like taking time off and, you know, holiday parties and stuff like that. So I had a lot of time on my hands, um, not not as busy as I might normally be in another month, but, you know, spending time working on the book. And so I, I look back now and I'm like, OK, I planted a lot of seeds over the years and they're they're blossoming now. Right. And I'm very happy that I that I put that effort in and it, it's it's uh, satisfying. Do you think, okay, let's, and I know it's not that long ago, but when you were in the corporate world and you were in that kind of window of time that it just wasn't fitting for you, it wasn't working out the system. If you were talking to that person from a yeah. couple of years ago and they were your client, is there a conversation piece that you would dive deeper into any kind of conversation you would have with them today? How would that look? Well, you know, I feel like I have this conversation with a lot of my clients today and it is to remind them of how talented they are and how smart they are and the fact that they got to where they are right now because of that, right? And I I think that it can be very easy to take yourself for granted and to, you know, I I was always on to next, on to next. And I very rarely would look over my shoulder and see how far I'd come or how big a project I had just completed or something like that. And it's it's funny because I will talk to the clients about this sometimes that how important it is to stop and celebrate your um, 
your accomplishments. And when we do that, we're reminded of how strong and capable we are. And so I think that if I was going to have a conversation with myself, I mean, I knew that on a certain level, but I would have bolstered myself a lot more around that to, you know, just to try to build my confidence even more. I mean, obviously I was confident enough to be like, yeah, I think I can do this. Right. But, um, but there definitely were some, you know, moments where I was scared and I had my, my doubts and I wanted to go, you know, hide in a cave somewhere <laughs> and not come out, <laughs> but uh, you got to keep going, you know? Do you think confidence is, is a big, uh, big factor for a lot of people why they, they stay in a rut or stay in like a, a bad position. Is that kind of one of the bigger reasons? Yeah. Why I'm touching that? Well, you know, I, I came across this definition of confidence uh, and actually I had it tacked up, you know, when I, the last corporate job that I had, it was like a step up for me. And actually I'd hired a coach before that. And she really helped me to be able to position myself to be able to get that job. But I was still, I was still a little scared going in at this higher level, but I had something tacked up at my desk, which is confidence is the expectation of a positive outcome. And um, I think the reason why people a lot of times are not confident is because they're trying to protect themselves from disappointment. You know, that they're, they're saying to themselves, well, I, I really want this, I wanna be promoted or I wanna start my own business. Oh, but you know, here's all the reasons why it might not work. Well, guess what? That's true. Maybe there's reasons why this might not work, but you know, if you get started, you can figure this out, right? I mean, I'll tell you one of the things that that was um, scary for me in the beginning was that when I wasn't getting that you know direct deposit in my account every two weeks, I had a lot of fear about money, and you know, and I thought because I. And by the way, I was the primary breadwinner. I have three kids. And when we moved here to the Chicagoland area, um, it was a big promotion for me. And so for my kids were young and we just decided my husband was going to stay home and, and uh, be the stay at home parent. And then he actually did start a photography business, but it, you know, it was not, it didn't make nearly as much as what I made in the corporate world. And so for me to stop, I, I was really fearful, like, oh my gosh, like what if I don't get, if I don't ramp up and I don't make, if I don't replace that income, like how are we gonna make it? And what I finally, I had to step back and be like, look at your freaking bank account, right? Like, okay, maybe you're not gonna wanna have to tap into the 401k, or you're not gonna wanna have to like go too deep into savings, but you're not gonna end up on the street. Okay, so stop worrying about that and start putting your effort into building your business. So, you know, I had to have those little realizations and chats with myself. And I also had to realize that, like, even if I'm using some savings to, you know, smooth out the, the dips um, in the beginning, that it wasn't like I was never going to make money, right? Like, even if I had to one month pull some money out of savings, maybe the next month I'm gonna get a lot of new clients, right? And it's gonna even out over time, and it has. Um, but it's just, you know, dealing with your own fears in the beginning. It, you know, we try to protect ourselves from disappointment or risk or whatever, but sometimes we have to, you know, step back and be realistic about it and say, okay, what's the likelihood that you're, you know, gonna lose your house and you're gonna be on the street? Like, it was zero. It was zero chance of that, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, I mean, keeping everything perspective can play a big factor. And, you know, I mean, and uh, I mean, a lot of us we're, we get stuck in the moment sometimes. We forget. Yeah. We don't take that step back. So, I, yeah, if if we're foreshadowed, we're looking to the future. Let's say five years from now, where where are you going to be? Where's your business going to be? What do you envision? Well, I'm going to um, probably be working primarily with corporates rather than individuals. Um, I'm already, uh, I've aligned myself with an organization that has a whole leadership development platform that, uh, I, that I love that actually, when I discovered it, I was like, oh my gosh, like they had already thought through a lot of the, the tools and concepts that I had recognized and weren't as well articulated as what they already have. So, um, definitely going to be, uh, scaling my business, maybe have some, um, affiliate coaches working under me because you know when you're going in and you're doing more uh programs with organizations like okay you're doing like a training program but then typically there's uh one-on-one -on -one coaching that comes um comes out of that and uh having people to support me it's just going to help me to scale how, how does so how does that work i mean you're one of the, the rare coaches that i've actually heard looking to to grow their business with affiliated coaches and putting coach on anything. So have you already thought of a, a system of training that would be there or is each coach going to uh, just kind of do like little sessions, little classes, but you're still going to be doing the one-on-one -on -one, or how's that going to look? Um, well, I would probably use the, um, the I went through a, a coach training program called IPEC. That was, and there's, there's a whole um, alumni group uh, coming out of that. And because I understand and I know that that's a really good quality training. I would be recruiting from people that have that background and, and looking probably for people that have a similar background to mine and having gone through the training, I know that, you know, there were a lot of people that were in the corporate world that were looking to pivot much like I did and get into coaching. Um, so I think looking for people that had the corporate background who have the coach training, you know, it would just be an interview process, much like what, um, any, you know, hiring for any job would be, I'd probably have them, um, you know, coach me on a topic. So I got a feel for what they're like. Um, and then, you know, bring them on as an affiliate. So a 1099, so that if somebody didn't work out, it's not like, you know, I have to deal with the hiring and the firing, it would just be like, okay, it's not working out, I'll get somebody else. So I think that's, that's how I'd go about it. Perfect. Well, if anyone's listening right now in the corporate world or looking to, I guess, transition from the corporate world into coaching, what's the best way of them following you, reaching out to you? What's the best way, Terry? Um, they can reach out to me at my website. It's terrybmcdougal.com. So you can learn more about me. I've got a blogs out there about how to uh, be more successful and happier at work. Um, I'm also very active on LinkedIn. My handle there is Terry B. McDougall. Happy to get LinkedIn with any of your listeners and they can reach out to me through uh, LinkedIn as well. If people are interested in my book, which is called Winning the Game of Work, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And then if you have an interest in marketing, that was my background was marketing. Um, I have a podcast, which is called Marketing Mambo. And it's on all of the platforms, or you can go to its own website, which is marketingmambo.net. What's the, the Mambo aspect? 
Um, I, you know, I'm a marketer. And so at first I was like, oh, you know, careers in marketing. Blah. And I was like, I need a cool name for this. Something I can really, you know, like jump off of. And then plus once I, I, I was like marketing mambo, I like that. Mambo is a word that in the African dialect that it comes from, it means to talk. So oh. we're talking about marketing. And then plus, if you listen to my podcast, I've got like a really um, like great Mambo intro and my artwork is like a takeoff on Carmen Miranda. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> I just it gave me a good creative jumping off point for the podcast. Love it. Well, thank you again, Terry, for, for being on the podcast. Hopefully everyone listening got some, some great nuggets. I mean, I, I, and I know I took away a bunch of things. I think one of the good, the, the big things I took away was the idea that it's really how you look at things. I mean, it's basically your perspective on things when you're in the yeah. corporate world and, and you might need to adjust the, your perspective yeah. before you can actually see the true value and where you're working. And maybe after that, then it might not be the right fit, but at least give yourself the time to change your perspective. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, perception is reality, right? And yeah. If you can change your perception, you can change your reality. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you guys. Please subscribe, please share, follow Terry, and uh, on to the next one. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.